thank you, everybody. Um, it's nice to be here. And, you know, I agreed to be recorded because I feel obligated as a member of the program to be recorded. I tell people that any share that is an honest share is a good share. And any share that isn't is a not so good share. It's not, it's not my job to to entertain or, you know, do anything except share my experience, hope, and strength as honestly as I can. So I will make that effort to do that. Um, and I, I once was speaking at a meeting many years ago where I started off by saying that you know, I really didn't have much of an OA story. I had an AA story that was really funny and entertaining. And Otis said, well, why don't you go ahead and tell your AA story? <laughs> but I didn't do that. I told my OA story, but I thought that was kind of amusing. I miss Otis and quite a few other people from that era. Uh, so, but, you know, they helped save my life and I'm grateful for that. I would say that um, I've been in OA consistently since 1990 so that's 30 it'll be 33 years next year 34 years next year actually and that um and i have been continuously abstinent since september 1st 2008 and that is a blessing um and i i have a strong memory of that date of my last slip slip and i hope I always have hope I have that memory because when I was thinking about sharing at this meeting, I started to be reminded of all the things that I did while eating that I'd forgotten. You know, I was talking to my younger sister today. Today's her birthday, so I gave her a call. And one time she had, when we were kids, she had gotten all these chocolate ornaments to decorate our Christmas tree. And I proceeded to blame to eat all of them you know, and to blame my older sister, but I got caught. And that was, blaming was a big part of my life back then. Um, and it's no longer is, so I'm grateful for that. But overall, you know, the food did not manifest itself that much when I was a child or in high school or even in college. Um, I do remember being anxious all the time and couldn't figure out how to deal with that. I remember that, um, I just, my entire focus then was to get good grades because it was my shield against the world. You know, it doesn't matter that he has trouble making friends or that he can't talk to girls. He gets good grades, you know. It doesn't matter that he flunked his driver's license test and wasn't willing to take it for another, you know, several years. Um, he got good grades. And, and back then in the Midwest, that was how you were defined as normal. It was it was how good a grades you got. And so I managed to skirt by with that. Um, but when I went off to college, I ended up uh, moving towards alcoholism. Let's, let's, let's put it running towards alcoholism. I wasn't moving, I was running. And I was drinking heavily after six months into my freshman year. And I was, I had to drink, you know, and, and that thing comes up more when I, more and more when I reflect, reflect upon my um, eating 
behavior. I was like, I had to eat, you know, I just had to eat to feel comfortable. And it didn't work that well, but it worked better than anything else after I got sober. Um, obviously, working the steps probably would have worked better, but I didn't throw myself into the steps. I, I kind of really got into the food. And I do remember a couple incidents as a kid with food problems where my big thing with food as a child and as a teenager was selfishness. I didn't want a lot, but what was on, what was on my plate belonged to me and you were not going to get any of it. And I never expected you to share your food with me, and I, but you were not getting any off mine. So, um, so one time... I went to the movies with my older sister and we were quite young at the time. We we're probably like seven or I was seven. She was probably nine and I had saved up some money. And so I ended up buying four boxes of popcorn during the first feature. Didn't that was five. Yeah, I got it. Thank you. And I didn't share any of it with her. And after, during the intermission, I just leaned over into the aisle and threw it all up. You know, and that was really quite humiliating. My poor sister had to get up and go tell the manager to call my mom to come pick us up. And so she did. And I don't know what my mom said, but I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. Um, but it wasn't that big a deal as a kid. But like I said, I drank a lot in the uh, 60s and 70s and got myself into a lot of trouble. And I ended up going to AA and getting sober in February of 1982. And I'm eternally grateful for that experience, you know. But like, like Phil used to say, I put down the fork and picked up, I put down the spoon and picked up the fork. You know, I just started eating quite ravenously when I was up. Uh, in early sobriety. In my first two years, I gained 70 pounds, and that is a significant weight gain. Um, I used to tell people that I needed the first 35 and didn't need the next 35, but the reality was I needed the first 20 and didn't need the next 50, but I got it. And so I kept doing this and doing this and doing this. And I remember looking back, I just, I'm aghast at the relentlessness of it. You know, there's a certain relentlessness to my disease where, you know, for well over a year, every night after I left work, I would walk home and I would stop off on this little grocery store on Shattuck Avenue, which has closed, but, and I think it became the dollar store afterwards. But it, it was a nice grocery store and they had a great butcher shop. And I would pick up a 16 to 18 ounce ribeye steak and a huge bag of potato chips and a 16 ounces of sour cream and a little and a couple packets of, you know, Lipton onion soup mix. And I would go home and cook the steak and eat it and later on eat all the potato chips and all the onion dip and all the sour cream. And then I would tell myself before I went to bed, I'm not going to do that tomorrow. You know, and I could not not do that tomorrow. And, and that is the, uh, to me, the most cunning, baffling part of this disease is that, you know, I, I was talking at a meeting recently and I said, you know, powerless really doesn't require any or allow for any modifiers. 
either I'm powerless or I'm not. And I was powerless. I just kind of kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Um, I will tell my one, not not my one, but an interesting OA story regarding my food and early AA recovery. It was in that first two years I was gaining the 70 pounds. And when I came to AA, I discovered mochas and I really liked them. But the part I liked most was the whipped cream. So I would get a mocha and some whipped cream and then go to an AA meeting. It's usually at eight o'clock and drink it during the meeting. But I would be kind of sad because the whipped cream went away first. So being the bright person that I am, I figured out, well, why don't I just pick up a can of Ready Whip and bring it to the meeting with me so I can fill up the mocha. So I did that, you know, and I would go to the meeting and again, being the clever person I would, I am, I would wait until there was a big round of clapping and then I would put my ready, ready whip onto the mocha, drink some more, and then wait for another big round of applause and then refill it. And then one time I started to do that and all of a sudden the applause rapidly stopped and everybody could hear this as I was filling up my cup and I was really humiliated and there was a woman in front of me and she turned around and she, and she looked at her friend and said, he's got a problem. And she was right. I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I really didn't hear about much about OA at that time, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so I kept going to AA meetings and after the two years, it kind of leveled off, but it never went down. And I kept trying to get it to go down. I would go up five pounds, down five pounds, up five pounds, down five pounds. And I would feel really frustrated. And good, we're doing good. Uh, I got the timer. And so um, what happened was I told myself that I was going to uh, give myself, I was coming up by my eight-year anniversary of sobriety. Now, three months before that, I told myself that I was going to give myself the gift of losing 20 pounds before my AA anniversary. And I did everything I could possibly do to lose that 20 pounds in the next couple of months. And I got on the scale and I weighed exactly the same. And I think that's when I had hit the point of pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization that they write about in the big book. And I just completely give up, gave up. And I ended up going to OA. You know, it was in January of 1990. Some of you were around at the time, and some of you came in shortly afterwards. I remember Elaine quite a bit. She was always at meetings, and I'm grateful for her presence. Um, and I thought I would hate OA, and it turned out I really loved it. I mean, I think one of the things I most appreciated and helped my recovery a lot was the intimacy of the shares. You know, it's, you can tell a lot about uh, jokes about getting beaten by Jim Bean, but you can't tell a lot of jokes about being beaten by Betty Crocker, you know, but I was beaten by both. And so I kept coming back to meetings and I got absent in it pretty quickly. It took me about four months and I used a lot of the tools that I heard and I really used a lot of what other people said, you know, and that's why I think it's so important for people to share honestly. It's just tell us what you did, and it might not work for everybody, but it might work for somebody out there, you know. And 
one of the things I heard was meals have a beginning and an end. And I thought that's a good idea. And somebody said that, you know, his meals, once he started a meal, it was over when he stopped eating it and he couldn't start again. And I thought that's a good idea for me too. So I'm really, I really stick to those things. I'm a very rule oriented person, to be quite honest. And so some people struggle with that. I don't. So I just do the, th the things that were recommended, you know, which kind of makes sense when you want to accomplish something. And I wanted to accomplish primarily weight loss when I first came in. People talk about coming for the uh, vanity and staying for the sanity. And, you know, I come for the vanity and I stay for the vanity. I'm a vain person and I don't mind feeding that. Um, and so I've stuck with the program. And I think that's one of the crucial parts. I meet a lot. I meet a lot of people who come in and out, and in and out, and that sounds so frustrating to me that I don't want to do it. I find also that the longer I do it, the easier it gets, and I think that's really an important message that we need to send to newcomers: is that it's not hard forever. You know, it's like I really enjoy the meals that I eat, and they're healthy meals, and I just. You know, and every once in a while, I'll have a happy meal, which is a big meal that makes me happy, but it's still a healthy meal. And so I keep doing it. I haven't had sugar in 20, almost 30 years, I would say. I haven't eaten in between meals in pretty much almost the same, same amount of time. The only slips I've had were about 15 of them in my first, you know, I would be... 17 or 18 years where I just took an extra bite after I said I was finished with the meal. And I had to call that a break in abstinence because I have an inclination to cheat. And so I don't want to let myself get away with anything in this program. That works for me too. I don't have a punitive food plan. I think everything, I don't eat everything I want to eat, but everything I eat is something I want to eat. And, and that's worked for me. And I see that my time is running out. I think what's on my mind today is actually step three. I find myself struggling a little bit with my higher power. You know, I chaired an AA meeting last Tuesday. And my topic had was regarding somewhat the seventh step. I just, I want, I'm asking God to remove my distrust in God, you know, and that seems kind of like almost oxymoronic, but I have to trust that God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. And that what that is, is better than I could ever have imagined. So I am sticking it out and I will end my share there because that was the timer. And like I said, I'm a very rule-oriented piece of person. So thank you for letting me share and I, Really, I'm looking forward to hearing from everybody else. And my topic will be step three.